On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Uh, Good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 11th of September 2023. And we start another big week. We've got uh, some really good racing coming your way. Looking forward to getting to Newcastle later this week for their big cup meeting on Friday. Of course, at Royal Randwick on Saturday, we return there for racing. where We've got uh, the seven stakes, the shorts, the T-rows, etc. We've also got good racing continuing and we get to headquarters in Melbourne where we're at Flemington for a number of listed races. So uh, the spring well and truly in the air and great to be in Newcastle later this week. In New South Wales, we've got Grafton today. We'll have a full preview of that meeting after Punters Postmortem this morning. Maruya and Musselbrook tomorrow. Canterbury is midweek racing on Wednesday. Kembla Thursday and, as I said, up in the Hunter on Friday. Well, what about the weekend just gone? Did we see the Golden Rose winner? We saw Cylinder getting the job done, Nashawella getting out of jail, as Taryn Flindell described it. We saw Charmstone win down there in Melbourne very impressively. One half of the training partnership saying, bring on the Golden Rose. Another half saying, possibly a Dane Hill into a Coolmore. So we'll discuss that today with our panel of experts, Ron Duffersey, Chris Roots and David Gately. And as I say, good morning to Duff. Great to be at Rose Hill on Saturday, mate. We saw some wonderful performances and a track that I thought played very, very well. Yeah, it was a highlight, the track. It's lovely to have a, a you know a track where the leaders win and they come can, can come swooping from last and and they can run time and you can analyse the form properly. And I thought it was... Uh, uh, when we got that rain on Thursday, I thought, oh, stop, stop, stop. But it would end up being perfect, a perfect setup for the meeting with that rain falling quickly. And just um, an even spread, and I must say, one of the, one of the best tracks to bet on all year. It was outstanding. David Gately had a front row seat on Sky Racing One. Gator, great racing in Sydney, and also down there in Melbourne. Yeah, no doubt. I'd have to um, echo those uh, those thoughts, uh, Ronnie. I mean, how good <laughs> is racing when the tracks play fairly? Then it's on us, isn't it, to find the winners, the punters, and the. And the Valley, credit to them, we've given them a bit of stick, and rightly so. Uh, but it played terrific as well. It certainly did. Uh, and Chris Roots is joining us from the Sydney Morning Herald. Good morning, Chris. Plenty of news floating around. Yeah, there is, Dave. And um, the, there's going to be um, the to and fro of spring started, and we're going to see Charmstone in Sydney for the Golden Rose. They're already organising the newspaper for it to have on its bedding at Rose Hill, and... Um, I spoke to Mick Price yesterday. He said, you'll be able to be fangirling because Junior will be coming up to be in front of the TV cameras. Oh, very, very good. Yeah, do love Mick Ken Junior. Okay, so there we go. So that was a bit of a discussion to come out of Saturday uh, from the Golden Rose about uh, the Melbourne contingent hitting north and would we see Charmstone? And obviously Mick Price... Uh, discuss the newspaper issue. Now, for those that, that aren't aware of it, Chris, this horse has a, a reaction or something with something that can be found in the stable, so it needs to have a, a certain type of bedding? Yep, so bedding, 
the bedding is usually hay in Australia, and 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 that's what they usually use. But um, Nature Strip was on newspaper for the whole of its career after they found out about its allergies, and it's had a little bit of a throat issue, Charmstone. That's why it missed the Blue Diamond, and Mick thought it was a really good chance in that race, and he's been proven right. He's given her a bit of time, and so the bedding for for it just that it doesn't carry any um, dust and things like that is newspaper and. And they use it in Hong Kong they, because it's more cost effective because they can't get the hay there. And this is what it'll be on. It'll be at Gerald Ryan's on newspaper for the next probably 10 days once it gets here. All right. So third favourite Charmstone for the Golden Rose and that all in market now that the, we have confirmation that way. And I'm sure it'll be trimming up um, right across the country. Uh, Duff, um, I won't talk about Charmstone just yet. I do want to talk about the run of the rose first because Cylinder is the 350 favourite for the Golden Rose. Do you think, on based on what we saw on Saturday, that is justifiable? Um, yeah, it's subjective. He um, he never really got time, uh, well, room to show what he could really do in that race. And when things didn't go exactly to the script that most people were, were mapping the race, so just out and a little bit on the back foot, held up, held up, held up and just coasted home uh, the last little bit um, overall time. Uh, yeah, it was just average, I would have thought, and a bunch finished has got everyone wondering. But I still think he's got a lot more to offer, and I think you'll see a, a more finely tuned article there on grand final day next in two weeks' time. And, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a, one of the deserved favourites, so that's as short as you'll probably get. Um, because, uh, yeah, the, people can make cases for other horses around him. Gator, what did you make of uh, the run of the rose? Yeah, look, I'm always concerned when there's a busy finish, but it, it's a semi... Um, you could argue it's a semi-mute point, given a cylinders was only really fully clear, about 125 metres from the line. What he's shown both runs this prep is a tremendous will to win, um, and it's a trait... It takes you a long way, doesn't it, in this game? And I think sort of m- much more learned <laughs> uh, um, racing folk than me over the years have told me it's their favourite trait <laughs> to have in their athletes that they train. And um, so that's that's a really good sign. Um, it, it's interesting that his race rated really similarly to Charm Stone. So, um, but yeah, different states, uh, different tracks. Always tough to measure, but at least it's something to go on. He's never really put them away, has he, in races, though, uh, Chris? If you go back and have a look at his wins, and obviously each race is extremely different, but in the, and I'm talking of Cylinder here, when he won the Silver Slipper, he only uh, beat Platinum Jubilee by half a length. He beat Red Resistance by uh, 0.6 of a length. He then was beaten in a slipper, what, uh, just over a length, and then obviously in the size, the wheels were spinning on the heavy track. And then his two runs, we've seen him since the two trials, he just gets up there at Caulfield and obviously just gets up in the run of the row. So he, he doesn't sprint away. Maybe is our expectation because of market support that he's going to be winning by by multiple lengths, but maybe he's just not that type of horse. He doesn't win by, by big gaps, but the most important thing for punters is that you go and give your ticket to the tote operator or the bookmaker and they pay you. And that's what he has done on both occasions, this preparation. He had every right to get beat on the weekend. I spoke to Nash Willer after the race, and he said, don't worry, the horse on the inside gave a really big kick. He said, I, I thought I thought I was always in control, and about 50 out, he thought, thought he wasn't going to get there. 
he got there on the line. He did did what he had to do. He's as we were talking on Friday. He's now favourite. The forgotten horse is of course Shimzo because it's home and it's stable. We'll see see what it. We won't get to see what it can do until Golden Rose Day. Now we've got the filly coming down, and fillies haven't got a good record in the Golden Rose. I think the only ones won the race, and that was when it was run in the autumn because of EI um, forensics. So you know, but this filly looks a bit special, and she's got a lot to give. I think so. Um, uh, other than that, you you look back in the field. Militarised was very good late. There was a couple a couple streaming home down the outside. So. There's a couple of angles out of the race, but I think Cylinder will be favourite now. But I, I expect Charmstone to really shorten up now that people are short of her coming. Well, as I said, eight dollars for Charmstone. Let's get a comment then on on her, David Gately. She sat wide there at the Valley on Saturday, uh, and for the team to lock in the Golden Rose with her, I mean, they've won this race before last year, so they know the type of horse to bring to Sydney. No, I agree with all of that. Um, yeah, look, it's a good effort to sit three wide, albeit, um, you know, they were, uh, it was a moderate tempo, um, certainly not as slow as the Stepati race, but a 35.06 first 600 uh, is about four and a half lengths below um, the average of all horses. Um, sorry, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say that again. So um, the 35.06 first 600 is a length and a half above class average, so it wasn't a crawl, uh, but it certainly wasn't fierce. Uh, Damien Lane post-race, um, quite uh, um, open and, and happy to comment that he thinks three wide, no cover is not a major problem. Um, and, and look, he knows more than me, but uh, if that's the case, I don't know why they don't win more often. Anyway, um, maybe she's just the best horse. And uh, as I say, she ran good time relative to Cylinder, both of them five to five and a half lengths above all averages, if you want to use that as some sort of guide on how she'll measure up. She also carried 58 and a half. He carried 57 and a half. So that's relevant also. Certainly is. Uh, and then obviously you've got Shinzo in the mix there too, Duff, who we obviously won't see, um, you know, at, at that 450 price. So, I mean, he's the real... Oh, well, state of the obvious, but he's obviously the X factor. He's the one that um, could just come and go bang. Yeah, yeah, he could. He's um, obviously he's the one that we haven't seen on the track as a three-year-old in a race, but he'll be very popular come Golden Rose Day when he walks in the yard. He's a lovely horse and he's been beautifully handled. But um, yep, we we won't know till we see him back if he has made that progression from two. He always promised to, so. Yeah, he's um, a, a, a big move. Fourteen hundred Group One first up, champion trainer. He'll have he'll have him ready. There's a plan, and he's very good with his plans. Chris Waller. Then obviously the cylinder situation. He's up, ready to go. Charmstone's a brilliant filly. They love her a lot. Um, just you know, she she only just ticked off the twelve hundred metre box Saturday, so she's got to go to fourteen hundred. And King Colorado is the opposite. Can they keep him? fresh enough for the 1400 because he's look he's got a mile written all over him plus so and the, then we come into this situation with Cap, who i thought was pretty good on saturday he was very good mm. um loved the way he held him off after making two runs in the race early and late and he's back he, he's in play there as well so it, it's shaping up as we'd expect a terrific golden rose what do you make of libertad duff the run of libertad yeah look uh, plain Playing, which is um, uh, tough to say, uh, considering what he did first up. Um, uh, does he want fourteen hundred? Does he want eleven hundred? Um, I don't know, but uh, he'll be a, 
hard horse to assess there of, of coming off a run like that on Saturday, uh, moving into a Golden Rose, because his previous form was obviously um, untapped. And the just a comment on the second horse, Gator, as well, Moravia, who obviously is a pretty smart colt because we see that win at Newcastle and then straight into the A grade. Yeah, look, it was a gallant effort. Um, it was only collared the very last stride. wasn't um, wasn't he? Still, probably has a little more upside than a few of these. Did carry two and a half kilos less than Cylinder, who should have beaten him by more. Um, and had there been a stronger tempo, Nadal and Miller tries probably run past him as well. So, um, yeah, look, he's, he's a, I'd love to own him, but um, I wouldn't be tipping him against these again. Nadal was very, very good in the race. He was. Uh... Um, like he missed the start, he was held up in the straight, and he was—I thought he was outstanding. He's a another very promising horse with different form, who's um, a late maturer. Um, is he in the Golden Rose? I'm not sure. Is he in the Golden Rose or not, Chris? I'm, I, uh, I see... think he might. I think they'll, they'll probably go there, considering that he ran so well and got streamed home really well. The problem with this race, it's a fork in the road race sometimes because if you really think they're sprinters, you you, you go back and go to a Roman console into the Coolmore. And mm. if you don't want to take on the A graders at fourteen hundred metres now, I think he looks more more like a seven horse, he'll probably he'll probably go there. Um Moravia went enormous. I, it it had to cross them and had to run a really fast sectional early on, then come back to them and then gave another kick. I thought I thought for for a horse having his third start in a race, he's, he's just improving, improving, improving. He he'll take another step up. I think he's going to be a major player, and he and and he's got the ability to lead, which is going to be um, something that there's not many many other horses that will want to do that in a Golden Rose. So I wouldn't be discounting him off that that run off that run. I thought he was pretty big, and Michael Michael Friedman after the race said if he if he could have got across a touch easier. He was convinced he would have held, held them all off. So um, I think he's being underplayed by a lot of punters with um, the way he, ran, he went. It's 9.21. Let's open the phone lines up uh, on this Monday morning, the 11th. So we'll open the phone lines up and we'll take your calls on 13.53.53. You can ask the guys some questions. We're still going to take your texts as well on 0419-767-272. And uh, there's plenty of them coming through. Uh, we'll take this break and the phones and our callers next. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, it's 9.23 and you're this morning with Ron Duffersey, Chris Roots and David Gailey. You can give us a call now on 13.53.53. Mark is on the line as always. Good morning, Mark. Hey, boy. What's uh, happening? I've got a question for Christopher Duff and Gator. Gator, I'll go first. Amendable. Amendable. Will he come for the Doncaster? Epson, you uh, mean? Look, I'm not sure uh, what the race target is for Amenable, um, but I think he's a really good horse. He and Attrition have shown they're measuring right up uh, to our best. I've got a feeling they'll probably head Turak or something. Um, you'll get him with a winnable weight, but um, I've got yeah, I've got the plan for you guys. Yep, even better. Testarossa on the 23rd of September, Turak handicap, Golden Eagle. Yeah, it's the go. it's the it's the I'm Thunderstruck plan with him, and they're going to try and bring Golden Golden Path as well. Yeah, I'd say too. Duff. Yes, what mate. Are they going to do with, what are they going to do with SBO, mate? I was on her on the weekend. She, I think she 
Threw it away hanging in again. What do you reckon? Oh, fair dinkum, yeah. I was on her as well. I was thought I was thinking the 21 was huge odds, and I backed her. And uh, another shake the head moment, beaten by a good bear. But um, yeah, she was. She's very frustrating. She just up to her old bad habits and uh, just doesn't help herself at all. Coming together, I think. Yeah, well, one. One day she might put it together, but it might have to be in Melbourne. Or she seems to go better there. I don't know, but uh, she's come back well. She has put it together when she won a Coolmore. Yeah. So she, then that day she was held up on the fence and, and didn't get time to think or think about yeah. ha- hanging or anything like that. She ran faster time home than um, over the last 600 than Sunshine in Paris. That's how well she went. And she had her head on the side after way down the straight. You know, she's got enormous talent, that horse. And she's... Um, you know, the, there's targets for her, whether they go to Melbourne. I, I, I think the same as you, Duff. I think she's better on the Melbourne leg. But there's so much money in Sydney. Like, you've got invitations and races like that that would really suit her as well. One thing I've learned in racing, finishing speed means nothing if you've got no early speed. Yeah. Thank you for your call, Mark. Okay, so there we go. Uh, amenable, by the way, in that Golden Eagle. $15. We've got equal favourites there of Amelia's Jewel and Giga Kick. Uh, Legato eight dollars, Osipenko eleven, Sunshine in Paris. Let's go to her Duff, uh, and then we'll duck down to to Melbourne and talk about uh, obviously the win there of the Tiakau uh, mare in the sprint. But well, the clock's at it all. I heard Greg Radley talking to Annabelle one hundred eight point eight in that Shiraco, and she was brilliant, brilliant. Gee, she's a racehorse, isn't she? Um, uh, they sold her for. Well over three million, I thought. Yeah, well, maybe a good sale. You know, then you go back and you look at the form out of that surround. Mm. It's absolutely outstanding, and she's not a trial horse. So she, we were. So I was put off a little with a trial, saying that she trialed well, but uh, not the wow factor. But you had to be impressed with her desire and the way she savaged the line. She can handle it wet. She can handle it dry. Uh, she's won at fourteen hundred. She can run time at twelve hundred. Um, she's a ripping mare, and I, I think she's earned to earned a slot if they want it on that performance alone. Gator. Yeah, no, outstanding. No, I, I was also put off a bit by the trials. So Zapato looked like uh, Black Caviar at the trials, and Sunshine in Paris looked like um, God's Wacky. Oh, it's a horse I owned. She wasn't fast. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was just brilliant and soft, late. Uh, no matter how you look at it, um, an outstanding win. If you want to use the times, you've touched on that. Uh, they didn't go super hard. 35, 3 for 600, had them a length and a half above group two average. So solid enough. Her last 600, eight lengths above group two level and overall time four and a half lengths above. So, and not only that, she sailed straight by Zapatero, who's no, she's really class. A class act, isn't she? So, um, yeah, look, um, no matter how you slice it, it was outstanding. Probably only, only overshadowed on the day by Imperatrice's win. Um, the group one mayor, Dave, the group one mayor's there come to the floor. Like, you, you look at it, the, they ran four out of the first five of group one winners in that race, and Zapatea's been placed twice at group one level. So, you know, the class really come through. They just eased off. They they went hard early and then just come back back a little bit and allowed her to tack on. And she was just dynamic. She broke Corpri on her race record and Corpri on her went into an Everest off that and ran fifth in an Everest. So um, 
if she's definitely in the mix. I know a slot hold, a couple of slot holders were straight on the phone to John Camilleri. He's leaving it up to Annabelle to work out whether she wants to go there, there, and the horse, what's best for the horse. But he's going to have a lot of fun with her and um, a bloke who breeds a lot of horses. And he he bought her as as a broodmare prospect with the with the ability to race on and. She might might be a cheap buy buy at three point nine million by the end of her her career in the breeding barn as well as on the track. Well, uh, the name Imperatrice was mentioned just then. Of course, the winner of the McEwen, and we saw Giga Kick uh, in action in that particular race. A lot to dissect from that to McEwen race. It was really fascinating. I just see though on Melbourne Radio, Michael Felgate just tweeting out that uh, Tiakau trainer Mark Walker says Imperatrice will bypass the 20 million Everest, to stay in Melbourne for the spring. So they'll go to the Moya, Manicato and Champion Sprint. That is what they will do with Imperatrice. So not coming north to Sydney to uh, to chase the um, to chase the Everest. What did you make of the performance, Gator? Oh, well, I mean, I don't think you need me for this. Um, or anyone uh, with a set of eyes could tell you um, there was nothing short of outstanding. Uh, just tacks on the back of Giga Kick. Just she, the way she improved so quickly, and just was already up outside him, um, and then went on by and broke Nature Strip's track record. Um, if you want to be, if you're a fan of overall times, last 615 lengths above average, overall time 14 lengths above. Um, not many run past Giga Kick. I sorry, I wish I wouldn't do it once. Not many have done it. Um, I know he missed the start, Giga Kick, and made an early move, um, but he didn't get by Rothfire. Uh, so that I think that no matter how uh, they want to look at that, they'll be probably a touch disappointed. Not not fully disappointed, but a touch. But it was all about the winner. Um, one of the you know that's almost as good as they win. Duff, uh, you would have been. We probably all tuned in to watch Giga Kick because obviously he is uh, he's the the Everest favourite. He's four dollar fifty favourite. He's locked in uh, to be here in Sydney. Uh, we obviously saw him dazzle up here, uh, not only in the autumn but of also the spring. Uh, and we got to see. Well, we've seen Imperatrice here before. Of course, Artorias beat her that day. Yeah, she's a, she's a ripping mare, and there'd be a, a big sigh of relief from other slot holders that she's probably not coming uh, for the Tab Everest, which is amazing to knock back that money, but that's their decision. They, they're they going for the Group 1s. Um, well, they must reckon they can't win it. There you go. It has to be. It has to be that. It can't be anything well, why about... Why couldn't she win it on that performance? It can't be about patterns or... and Or it is... And I'd have to go back through her form. No, well, she's what? She's run second at Ellerslie. I'm thinking maybe do they think she goes better than Melbourne Way? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. M- yeah, maybe that's their decision. They own her, and uh, you know they've, they've got a plan in place that they yep. probably want to stick to. But plans are there to be broken. Um, to say, look, I was reading they're going to make a decision Wednesday, but if Mark's coming out and saying that uh, this morning, he's got direction from um, David and yeah, 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 yeah. So, yep, it's uh, it's an interesting move, but yep, uh, I think I still think we're going to have a good field. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. But she would have been, uh, she would have been a lovely X factor. Um, the problem with the field, Duff, is there's no leader. They're all they're all backmarkers, so you yeah. need something to put speed into it. So it could it could end up like a bit like the first couple where Redzel had had a picnic out in front by himself and just controlled the race and made it impossible for things to come and beat him. 
That's two great Kieran McAvoy rides. That's a possibility, but I don't think it'll happen after uh, the shorts on Saturday. Like if you know we get a remark or an overpass, um, yep. of what you need, put his hand up. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think I was very worried about the speed looking at the race. Uh, but I think the speed's going to come, but in late slots once they they, they start looking yeah. at the last three or four and saying, hello, we're going to change tact here and give ourselves every opportunity run of the race stuff. So uh, it'll all come down to what happens next Saturday and what happens uh, in, in Sydney and Melbourne, even that's Poseidon or whatever it is in Melbourne with the three-year-olds down the yeah. straight. There's a couple there. So, yeah, we're getting closer to sort of having a field here. Yeah, I think I think you'll find that Overpass is very close to being picked up. Um, he probably only has to run well on the weekend to be picked up. I think Kings Gambit in Melbourne, he he if he runs well, he will have a slot. Um, so is what I'm hearing. And then you're you're looking at um, you know you know Shinzo and In Secret are going to be there. Cylinder Cylinder. Still, Cylinder will probably have to win a Group 1 to be there, but if he wins the Golden Rose, I'd say he'd be there as well. So, you know, yes. these, are, these are the, you know, they're starting to get the, down to the nitty-gritty and there's plenty of horses there. Like there's, you know, Buenos Noches, Hawaii 5-0. Someone mentioned Alligator Blood to me the other day. I don't, I don't think that'll happen. But, you know, there's there's a plenty of horses. There's not, there's not, it's not like last year where the horses didn't want to come and they sort of... Uh, the last couple of slots were fill, filled up. It was hard to fill the last couple of slots. I think the slot holders will have a lot of um, a lot of choice. Of course, we've still got Private Eye. It ran second last year. It'd be the first horse to run a placing in the Everest and then not get in the next year when it was available. And if it comes out and runs well on the weekend, I'm sure a slot holder will be straight straight in and picking it up. So it's it's a it's it's, it's going to be fascinating the next next week because there's three races on the weekend that will give us an idea. And I'd say there'd be a n- numerous slots filled after next weekend. Yeah, I think so. And I'll tell you what, I know he's had a couple of goes, um, but he's flying that lost and running. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he shapes up in the um, shorts on Saturday. And then you've got the up-and-coming Hawaii 5-0, and you've got this intriguing mare from uh, Melbourne, Bendetta. I don't know if she's got 1,200-metre form, but... Um, she just adds that little bit of interest, and obviously we're waiting to see what you need, which might be Saturday as well. Bobby sure. Lewis, okay. Bobby Lewis, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. And but with Lost and Running, and this is another element to it. Um, uh, Lost and Running, they'd love to run in the Everest again, but the Sydney Stakes is there, and it, and in the Sydney Sprint Series, you get points from the Sydney Stakes as well. So um, there, there's two and a half million for the winner of that that sprint series as well and you know we saw it last year Marzu won it and had to win a race for the year and won five million dollars that's that's the sort of sort of thing you've got to you've got to look at because that goes straight to the owner owner rather than having to share the prize money in a in an Everest I don't know if Gator does uh, uh, sectional times for New Zealand we're looking for a dominant three-year-old this Tokyo tycoon from New Zealand he looks a, a dominant three-year-old, but I, I suppose he's owned, owned in the same interest as Imperatriz, and uh, he may have a, uh, other options after a, uh, a group one was taken off him through a swab there last prep. Yeah, look, I don't have the, the uh, times, but um, I'll be keen to look at the horse more forensically after the win on, on Saturday. And, um, yeah, there's plenty of spruik, isn't there? Um, mm. you know, some saying the best uh, three-year-old. Well, there's a way to find out. Come here and... Uh, and uh, front up. 
Exactly. I always like that. I like it when those New Zealand three-year-old sprinting sprinters come over here because, um, yeah, very rare. Imperatrix is the exception to prove a rule, really, because they usually find it a bit tough against our, our sprinters, don't they? The couple of texts here, too, um, and it goes, boys, you haven't mentioned a horse called Osmosis. When we see Osmosis back at the races, a very interesting horse. And another one, too, Bornez Notches, um, who was uh, pretty impressive when we saw him win the other day uh, as well. Uh, Chris, have you heard any rumblings about those horses possibly being selected in Everest slots? Osmosis has had a call after its trial the other day. It'll go to the Heritage under trying to go to the Home Affairs path. So a very fast horse. They were were talking about... Um, waiting and trying to just go to Coolmore with it, but I think with the interest and as Duff and I, Duff said, there's there's not many leaders there, you know. With no weight, he 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 could um, lead them a merry dance in an Everest. And Bernos not just is in the shorts. They decided to go there and take on the big boys. He's done nothing wrong. He's got giga kit form from last year. So um, as I said, there's um there's probably. Uh, more horses and slots and more people who want to go, who who, who are keen, keen on their chances in this Everest because they think it's wide open. It'd be a big ask for an osmosis. I know he's a fast horse, but what did he do? He won a maiden at Gosford. And then, yeah. then, then when one in town, he beat, a, beat a horse. Cook. Yeah, yeah beat. Royal Tribute, yeah. So, yeah. yeah look, Royal Tribute come out Royal Tribute come out and won yeah. at Hawkesbury, and it's going to the Heritage as well. So, mm. and I think... I think you'll find that Red Resistance might um, might have a break rather than keep going. They're not happy with him at the moment. They're just they're just having a look at him this week and make a decision whether they give him a break. Yeah, he was he's been ordinary, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, boys. Uh, let's talk about the, the Ming Dynasty. It's um, and there's a text on the text line. In fact, we'll go to Peter because Peter is on the line, and we'll go to Peter before the Ming Dynasty. Good day, Peter. Uh, good morning. Um, I've got a question for. Ronnie or Gator regarding Francesco Gardi. He was scratched on the weekend. He's in the Melbourne Cup. Yeah, there's no problems. He was scratched because of the hard track. Um, I think you'll see him this week. They're just... uh, You stick with him. Um, He's going to... I think Chris is very happy with him and um, it's all planning around the Caulfield Cup first, I'd suggest, and then see if he shapes up for the Melbourne Cup. But he, he's come back well, and there's no issue with him being scratched on Saturday. They just uh, found a better option on a, um, a track with more give in it maybe next week. Chris um, oh, okay. Chris rarely tweets about horses, and he tweeted about that horse to say, no problems, going to the McIvy Diva. And if you watch Chris's... Um, he, well, it's not a tipping show, he keeps saying, but he, he said Francesco Gardi would be Mel- Melbourne Cup favourite after it wins the Caulfield Cup, and he's... He, he, he said it jokingly, but he doesn't say that too often. That's how well he thinks the horse is going. No, he doesn't. No, he never says it. Beautiful, Peter. Um, Thanks for your call, Thank you mate. very much. Give us a call too, listeners, if you want to get involved with the show on 135353. Dominguez, there's a couple of texts here about uh, NCAP, who we mentioned uh, before. Also, Cafe Millennium uh, caught the eye down the outside, Duff. Yep, uh, NCAP, all honours. All honours. Um, he... Uh, he showed another, you know, string to his bow there uh, from a, when he drew a barrier that he could be bustled, and then he could make two runs and uh, go on with the job. So I thought he might have been a little sitting shot late there, uh, but he was holding them at bay. I thought, and he he, he could push on to the, the the golden rose with 
a different form and uh, be highly competitive, I would have thought. But I'd suggest with the rest of the field, they're more, you know, mild champion stakes types of horses, like the horses you're talking about, um, uh, with Cafe Millennium, uh, horrible racing style, but he'll appreciate getting back to Ramwick. Got, I thought Raff Attack was good for a learning horse, first up ridden aggressively and uh, just getting tired the last bit. Jacass was good again, and um, I like this Seal Wolf I think he's a champion stakes horse with his pedigree. Um, he's going to emerge if he continues to train on and be right in a race like that, champion stakes. And, and Tom Kitten was um, good as far as the longer races are concerned as well. So as far as holding these horses back to the 1400 Group 1, other than the winner, I say no. The rest are, um, there's some very good runs there moving forward over the longer distances. Um, Seal Wolf might go for a spell, and you might have to wait for the autumn. Talking to okay. Joe Pride, he's, he's um, he, he said he's done a lot in a wet one preparation. It might be a bit, he might not push on, and he, he said he's definitely a Guinea's pro- prospect for Rosehill and Ramwick in, um, in the autumn. Uh, Cafe Millennium goes to the Dulcify um, next. Um, the winner definitely goes to the Golden Rose, and. Speaking to Gary, he, he made the point that with the way, the way the program's changed now, these three-year-olds come right into play in a, in a um, King Charles because it's back to the traditional program where you had a good gap between the Golden Rose and the King Charles. And if you remember in the 90s, the, the horses that just dominated it were three-year-olds because they get a good weight relief and it's a bit like the Cox Plate. If you're a good three-year-old, you, you get enough weight off your back. And on the weekend, they could ride in cap closer which was which because of the draw, they didn't have to go back, they didn't have to pull back. So if he can sit on the speed, he could be a he could be a real factor in the Golden Rose. And I, I'm pretty sure you'll see see him if he runs well in the Rose, he'll be in the he'll be in a in a King Charles. So we're gonna that race is gonna have the extra layer of having three year olds in it as well. It's it's just been a, a brilliant move by Racing New South Wales. They've got I don't I, I often look at it and go, why did they do that and Every time they seem to get this right, like it's now back to what the George Main used to be a, a, ch- a chance for three olds to show themselves against the older horses. Mm. And all the talk might be about John O'Shea's Cafe Millennium going to the Dulcify and Champion Stakes, but I, I think he's got a little stable mate that won at Kembla there on Saturday. That yeah, Ravello. Yep, he's a nice horse. Uh, and, and, I, I and, love the way he lifted. I know yes. he, looks, he looks a different horse this prep. Yeah. Well, it might, it might, they won't, they won't clash. I won't think. I wouldn't think. I think they, they might take different paths to get there. And with that, uh, and we speak about Ravello punters. Go back and have a look at the race in New South Wales website and have a look at the replay. That horse uh, that Adkins was riding on the outside, uh, sort of, not saying he got there early or floated Duff, but once he saw that horse on the outside, he wanted to go again, didn't he? And at least yeah, he, he got it home. Yeah. Look. Uh, Tavs had it won, and uh, this was lifted off the canvas like a, a promising middle-distance prospect. Certainly did. Uh, so first off, at King Charles Market, uh, which is open and is pre-noms, we've got to Mr Brightside favourite there at 280 in front of Fangirl at $6. Light Infantry, we saw race in Europe over the weekend. It's at $6 as well. Alligator Blood, 11. Amelia's Jewel, 11. Think it over, Zaki. Berkshire Shadow. Um, the first three I can see is Militarise at a $15 price. Uh, there, $15 for Militarise. So they'll be interesting to see how that 
develops that market. There'll be a few horses that won't be in that race that, that I've just quoted that will be on different paths. Of course, that's the 14th. And uh, the flight stakes market, we've seen a bit of activity here, boys. Um, overnight, there was a, a little bit of money around I saw for Tuta Levita and also uh, a horse called Tropical Squall has been a big firmer. And we saw Tropical Squall win midweek last week in, I think you'll find, the Guri Colours for the Waterhouse Bot team. Aren't they flying at the moment, Duff? Incredible form. Incredible form they're in. And their horses are just taught to race that way and they're just hard to get past. They're, you know, they're just tough machines and that's proven over the last few months with the record uh, that they got. And that... Uh, she looked good. She landed good bets, and um, she was very good there. You know, these fresh set of three-year-olds, uh, the second, you know, the, the ones that have been haven't been at the level at two, uh, uh, could really shape up in tropical sh- uh, squall, and even Tuta La Vida could be a couple of those. Interesting that they lead the premiership at the moment. Like it's, you know, usually Chris is often gone by this stage, but we we've got um, Tullock Lodge in front. They don't have the firepower probably to keep it going, but. They are absolutely airborne. And Adrian Bott said to me um, early in the spring, they have a really good group of three-year-olds, not just the ones that we've we've seen, but the ones that another level. And I think we're seeing a horse like Tropical Squall come through and she'll she'll certainly be in the mix when it comes to the flight stakes, you would think. Mm. Uh, the Fian Gator, I'll bring you in here because our eyes are on Globe. Now, there has been a couple of texts about... What was the wash-up from Globe? Well, cardiac, uh, what do they call it? Um, cardiac arrhythmia has uh, been the issue that's been discovered. Uh, obviously, we saw... Did you have a bit of that at the 800 as yes, well, Yes, I did. Um, and it was awful because it, we were, I was in mid-air flying to Dubbo. So it was one of those land and you turn the phone on flight mode and you see what's happened. But, um, uh, Jamie, obviously, you knew there was an issue when Jamie uh, at that, what, 300, well, pretty much near the school was just starting to feel for the horse and it wasn't the globe that we've seen, Gator? No, it's a genuine excuse, isn't it? I mean, um, yeah, I've yet to see a horse, uh, any athlete, humans get it as well, just a, um, yeah, um, a regular sort of heartbeat and um, you can't perform. Um, so, uh, complete forgive run. So, they have said they um, will uh, tinker with the prep now. I did read that, but I don't know what that means, but... Um, yeah, because uh, so you just have to mark it as a non-event. Go on the previous form. Um, you know, this. I remember Joe Pride telling me once that sometimes it's the best lead-up run because they haven't had a hard run, and I don't know what his strike rate is um, with them coming off that. But uh, they win a lot, so forgive him. That was Globe in the film. And what do we do with the winner? Obviously, Pinstripe gets into the Cox Plate. Um, do you think we've seen a Cox Plate winner there, or do you think um, he's had uh, he's had his win there on Saturday? Well done, and enjoy the day uh, when it comes to that day in October. To the connections. Oh no, he's a good horse. Yeah, no, he's um, he can be competitive in anything he, he um, fronts up in. Uh, I remember um, giving him a live hope in an All Star Mile as a much younger horse. He he wasn't suited that day, um, ridden closer to the speed. So I'm not sure we got a fair a real guide on him. Uh, he wasn't thrashed by Zaki, who was favourite for the Cox Plate that year, uh, but he was soundly beaten. But he's a better horse ridden this way, um, colder off a strong speed, covered ground a long way from home, measured up to weight for age, both runs this prep. Um, and in a really fast Lawrence, he measured up. That's a good sign of a, a good athlete. And then in a more moderately run uh, fee, and still two lengths above Group 2 average, so 
but nothing compared to what you saw in the Lawrence. That was uh, crazy talk. Um, again, he's able to absorb that pressure and hold off attrition, who's no slouch. Two Valua Group 1 winner was third, pounding, you know, a really competitive um, group horse into fourth. They beat the rest clearly, and that rest headed by Alaskan God. It was a lovely, uh, lovely run. Back up in Sydney, Duff. Um, red card in the last. Just uh, one of the best back runners of the day. Uh, yeah, they went up a silly odds there, didn't they? And they paid the price. So it's, um, it was just a race. It was the mapping special of the day. And um, sometimes the map, everyone wants to ride against it and they, they all realise there's no pressure and they go forward, but they weren't fast enough, as simple as that. Rose 1100 dry track, huge advantage. And uh, uh, there was an opportunity there and a lot of punters cashed in on it. And she was just too good. The... Smashing Eagle did Smashing Eagle things, just magnificent sectionals again. Um, it just has to be ridden that way, so you're going to get beat more than your win, as we said last week. And Airman, I thought, is a, a very nice horse who is work in progress, who um, could well be the best horse in that race. He's going to, He's got room to move with his benchmark rating. He'll be placed through his classes, and uh, he's, a, he's a really nice horse. Certainly is. We'll take it on the break. It's 9.49. Give us a call if you want to get involved with the show on 13.53.53. We're going to have our horses to follow from the boys coming up shortly. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Good uh, Ron Doversy, David Gately, Chris Roots on this morning's Punters Postmortem. And we've had a discussion this morning on uh, a lot of your texts, which we've receiving on 0419-767-272. Or you can get involved with the show on 1353-53. Uh, one of those uh, text messages was in relation to the win we saw um, of Stormy Witness in the Tab Highway, Duff. Now... Obviously, Danny Williams got the job done. He had a number in the race, and Stormy Witness was the winner, defeating Ollie's Secret. But my segue here isn't so much about the highway itself. It's about the Kosciuszko and those slots have filled up. We saw a number of those main chances uh, selected at the top of the marketplace. And, well, that's going to be a ripping race. 350 favourite Opal Ridge, far too easy, 450. Front page at $6. Mogo Magic trialled on Friday there at Goulburn. And it trialled sensationally for Scotty Collings. And Bianco Villano is there at a $15 price too. Yeah, it's a great race. It always is. And uh, very popular uh, for the country people, obviously, with the big prize. And we got some lovely country horses there. And a few of them going in first up, which makes it tough. Uh, but uh, I'm sure their trainers will have them ready to go. But, uh, boy, if they arrive in form, we're in for a, a great little contest. And just a comment, I guess, for that listener. On uh, the, the highway, mate, Stormy Witness um, for Rishi Jones at massive odds getting the chocolates. Well, that come from nowhere. I don't think even, uh, even Danny uh, thought it would, uh, that would happen. It looked to start off race for her. She'd um, had no trial leading into the race. There was no push for her. She'd won a country maiden uh, first up at a previous preparation. And uh, I didn't even think she had that speed, to tell you the truth. She landed in a position from a good draw there and was strong. So, you know, they, they thought enough for, to pay up for her in the um, Viner in the Oaks, even though she was beating a furlong um, on a wet track, mind you. So, yeah, uh, that's a lovely return from her. And uh, we'll see if she can back it up because she's relatively lightly raced. 
back down in Melbourne, Gator. Uh, a comment here on you. You touched on it before in the Mackenzie um, Sepati, who um, Johnny Allen Road. It was the favourite. So that's now four from four. This Colt. Yeah, look, he's um, he was terrific. You know, obviously he sat up on a really moderate tempo. I mean, 36-3, first six hundred. Had they run that race alongside um, the Atlantic Jewel for the Phillies, won by Charm Stone. Uh, the Phillies would have been leading uh, this field by about eight lengths with halfway mark. So it wasn't a real test. But look, he, he sat handy, controlled the race, he sprinted well, solid enough last 600 figure. Um, and I liked his strength on and through the line. So hasn't tasted defeat yet. And um, yeah, his next test will be obviously a fast run race. That centrefire looks a nice horse who, who runs uh, second there. Yeah, look, he was terrific, wasn't he, to win at the Valley against the Patton first up. He was the only swooper to win all day, ran the quickest last 200 of the day. And then on Saturday, he was third fastest. Only Gold Trip was faster, and Imperatures, of course. Um, so those coming through the 1,000-metre um, Group 2 race. Um, but, yeah, he, he's right, uh, again, sectional-wise, at the, at the top of the podium. All right, boys. Um, it's uh, 9.56. Just a quick comment before I let you go, Chris. Just on uh, this bit of news floating around um, with a couple of these big names, uh, we've got Newcastle, of course, on Friday. And I see Damien Oliver's in town to ride Calipore. Now, Calipore, of course, is a $15 price in the Metropolitan. Now, we've got equal favourites there, just fine and without a fight. Yeah, it's it's we get to see Ollie out his farewell trip farewell um, tour. Hopefully he comes to Sydney as well, does a bit of a Frankie de Tori and says hello to everyone and um, and we get to see a great jockey who's uh, who, who who's hanging up the saddle at the end of the year. year. So um, another another reason to get to Newcastle Broadmeadow on the weekend. Um, they can get ready for a semi-final in Auckland as well. I, I, I'm sure Chris Lee's would love to win a Newcastle Cup and then watch watch his um, Knights win win there as well. He's going to have um, Cleveland there as well in that, that Newcastle Cup. Yeah, Cleveland. Um, might be some chat that Ben Miller might be riding uh, Cleveland in the Metropolitan. Um, so uh, not in the uh, Metrop on uh, the Newcastle Cup. So of course we'll have. Um... Wouldn't surprise Dave he, that it is owned by the Williams family and they they like him as a jockey. Okay, so that of course is Friday that Newcastle Cup meeting. So you've got the Newcastle Gold Cup over twenty three hundred as the feature. You've also got the Cameron over fifteen hundred, uh, the Tibby over fourteen hundred. And uh, you've got then your standard benchmark racing and a few maidens there. That's on Friday. Take note, punters. And then we lead into Royal Rarewick on Saturday. As I mentioned, uh, the we've got Flemington on Saturday. Uh, our Metro Racing in Queensland at Eagle Farm, Belmont in the West, and Morfordville in South Australia. That all to look ahead, and we build a bank as the races unfold this weekend. Uh, horses to follow, we can put in the black book, Duff. Yep. Uh, just firstly, the... The Newcastle Cup Friday, so maybe that means uh, probably about 10 dual acceptors for the Kingston Town takes in the Newcastle Cup that we'll have to wait <laughs> to see what's running where. But anyway, horses to follow. Airman, yep, well, he's been well documented this morning. Uh, comes out of the last race first up there with improvement to come. Love that horse from Kembla, Ravello, follow him. And it looks like I'm going to have to wait for Seal Wolf uh, going on a derby prep in the autumn, but I won't forget him. What about yourself, Gator? Yeah, despite uh, everyone teeing off on Espiona, I'm going to stick with her. Um, I thought it was a lovely return. Tom Kitten, uh, for me, 
two from Melbourne, Molly Nickers, the lovely uh, return from her. And First Immortal looks just a good horse. Yeah, and First Immortal owned by Barry Vandenberg in part partnership with a few people. And he this horse is named after Clive Churchill because it's a Churchill horse. So they got special permission from the family to name it First Immortal. So um, that's that's where that name came. I think there's a Seventh Immortal running around at... Um, in the country in New South Wales, but that's definitely a rugby league um, uh, reference there with First Immortal. Um, my horses to follow are, um, I thought a tissue, she got stopped in that track. She's just right on track. I think a mile, once she gets to a mile, I think the um, Empire Rose on, on Derby Day looks her race. Um, Ducas will go to Melbourne now, I think, and run in a Caulfield Guineas and be hard to beat. Um, beat Airmen, as Ronnie said, down away from everyone else, just found the line. I thought Waterford was really good in the Theo Marks. Um, it's on an Epson campaign. They just they just need to find out what weight they get to whether they can whether they have to place him to get him into the race or whether he's already in it. Great uh, chat this morning, gents. We'll catch you next Monday. In fact, Duff, you will be a part of that coverage. Um, for the barrier trials next Monday. Of course, that'll be shown on Sky Thoroughbred Central, but we'll be live at the track and uh, we'll have Gator and uh, and Chris and uh, we'll have a, uh, a... I think we'll have a good fill-in for you, Duff. So it'll be great to, to discuss and see how these trials go next Monday. Yep, make sure they're not too good. <laughs> you never get someone to replace no. them. <laughs> no, no, no. You hold uh, the mantle. Uh, yeah, but anyone looking at, that's interested in those two-year-olds, that's great by the ATC, putting that breakfast on for 25 bucks. That's a great morning. You learn things out there and you may get an edge if you like looking at the horses and, and that's going into the uh, the early two-year-old races. It's a good morning. So um, if you've got it's a It's a great morning, morning, isn't it, Duff? Because, yep, because uh, you, you'll be able to get close to trainers and they have a little bit of time for you at that time, as long as they haven't got a couple of runners, they might even they have a chat to you. So you get yeah, out you there and have mad, a... Yeah, yeah drive a man. You can imagine, you can imagine, imagine, imagine going up to Chris Waller and tell and telling him how to train or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure it's it's happened before. Well, Chris, uh, if you're out there too, mate, on the Saturday, um, yeah, we'll get you up live. Uh, as I said, the Big Sports Breakfast and also Racing HQ will be live there from Ramwick next Monday. Have a good weekend. Uh, a week ahead too, Gator. We'll do. Thanks, guys.